The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. And now it's time for the Mr. Nelson Show. Welcome to another episode of the Mr. Nelson Show, episode 154. Due to a sore throat, uh, my imaginary hosts will not be joining us. Gee, let's hope they'll feel better next week. Uh, but uh, I'll try to get through this. Uh, of course, yes, another school shooting has occurred. Uh, this one being in Texas. I'm sure you heard all about it by now. Uh, a high school student shows up uh, and kills... 10, as the count is as I'm recording this, uh, wounded 10 more uh, with a shotgun. Uh, I do believe he was in possession of a 38 revolver as well, and there were uh, several explosives, pipe bombs, and uh, pressure cooker bombs and the like. Uh, it was reported that he uh, legally possessed his weapons. No, he didn't. The governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, stated that the weapons actually belonged to the boy's father. So uh, they're legally possessed by the father, as far as we know. But here we go, of course. <laughs> the, uh, the ongoing argument and, of course, making use of uh, political capital out of tragedy uh, or, well, out of murder. And uh, this is no different. But here, uh, what background checks would affect here? None. None at all. Um, unless his father has a record, and if he does, that means he probably already is no, not legally in possession of these firearms. But chances are he is, and it's his firearms, not the uh, shooter's firearms. So uh, all of this, none of the uh, ideas and laws that are being demanded would work. Of course you'll find that these realities are not a helpful narrative and probably won't get reported on as much as they should. Case in point, oh yes, good old CNN. Good old CNN was quick to claim that there have been 22 school shootings this year. Yeah, we went through a similar thing with the Parkland shootings where they were lying about that and a bunch of others jumped on the bandwagon. Well, CNN at least gave us some amount of their parameters of what they classify as a school shooting. Because the last time around, people looked into this and said, well, wait a minute, uh, that's not true. Uh, so here they go. They listed a shooting that involved at least one person being shot, not including the shooter. Oh, that was clever thinking. Uh, a shooting that occurred on school grounds. Yeah, well, okay. Which... Uh, included grades K through college university level. Uh, and they included gang violence, fights, and domestic violence. Well, we included accidental discharge of a firearm as long as the first two parameters are met. <laughs> um, what people are terrified of is a lunatic heading to school grounds to kill as many people as he possibly can with a firearm, which is what happened here at this uh, Texas shooting. Uh, so uh, they're just lying. <laughs> uh, 
Now, coming from a news media organizations that uh, blatantly lied about Trump calling uh, immigrants animals. <laughs> so, I mean, and with by their logic, you have to conclude that uh, the media supports MS-13. <laughs> I mean, and eventually, even when some walked it back, you had some talking about, well, uh, they are human beings. You know? <laughs> uh, some people pointed out that Trump was insulting animals by comparing them to MS-13. And yeah, there's, 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 some, there's something to that. Uh, but good Lord, uh, this is a week in which news media... Uh, it stupidly ended up backing MS-13 here <laughs> because at least they're not Trump. And then with the violence in Israel uh, became propagandist wings of Hamas, if, which is clearly a Nazi organization in our, of our times. And this is nothing new. Uh, there was a piece, uh, I believe, in the, what was it, the New York Times? Uh, uh, yes, op-ed New York Times by Maddie Friedman, who uh, revealed that uh, they agreed to carry the water for Hamas, lest the Hamas uh, kill their reporters, which means they probably should have just got out of there. Uh, but even afterwards, they maintained this. So this was the AP maintaining the uh, Hamas narrative that Israel was in the wrong in their conflicts. Uh, there was a Hamas-Israel war in 2014. And so he did all that, and nothing has really changed about this, because you could see the narrative coming across that Israel was uh, 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 overkill in their response to the violence on, on that wall, uh, when in reality Hamas was uh, paying people to go there. Uh, these were Hamas agents that got killed. Uh, I think there's a handful of them that you could say, well, they weren't really... Uh, related to any Hamas deals, but however, Hamas had this deal where you would get paid uh, if you got shot, and then it was up to three thousand dollars they would pay your family if you were killed. So, and for an impoverished area, uh, that's quite an incentive. So, and then the idiot things of just the, the the lack of basic observation on the scene. There, we had an NPR reporter. Uh, trying to talk this Hamas guy out of flying these kites that they had with flames on in hopes that they would fly into the territories and set Israeli homes on fire. Well, he had swastikas on the, the kite. And the guy says, Dad, you know, that's a really bad message. Are you sure you want to send that and all that? And, so, and of course, the Hamas guy says, yeah, I, I know swastikas really piss off the Jews. And I, I want them pissed off. I want to hit them as hard as I can. And <laughs> the NPR guys stunned by this, apparently. Um, <laughs> how many decades has this gone on and you're unaware of this? But anyway, so there you go. And then, of course, you had Trump's uh, animal uh, comment and they went nuts over that. And, and I mean, the idea that they mistook it or anything, I don't buy that. This one. Uh, is just deliberate. Well, they cut off the conversation with the sheriff in the room, who's just clearly talking about MS-13 and the problems they're having, and Trump described them as animals, which is putting it mildly. Again, more of an insult to animals who are innocent, whereas MS-13 is not. Uh, you know, beheading people, you know, stabbing them and all that. And their motto is, uh, how does it go? Rape, murder, control. <laughs> that's, that's the motto of... MS-13. Oh, boy. And so, uh, again, uh, the media uh, <laughs> are proud supporters of Hamas and MS-13. Hey, using their logic. 
I guess that's what you have to conclude. Uh, meanwhile, of course, we've had this terrible shooting uh, at the Texas High School. I was in Santa Fe High School. And uh, I'm not entirely certain what the situation is on the ground there. I'm sure they've probably been reported whether or not they had security on the ground at the school. But uh, here again, uh, before this, the, the the constant push of assault weapons bans and all that sort of thing, uh, most notably AR-15. Everybody remembers uh, that title to make them feel like they're gun experts. And so we needed a ban of that. It's not used here. He managed to kill 10 and wound 10 others with a shotgun. Uh, remember, a shotgun is a vice president, former vice president Joe Biden's weapon of choice when he was to just get a shotgun. Just get a shotgun. Yeah. So the, <laughs> the idea that there was reasonable uh, common sense uh, gun laws and all this sort of thing. is bogus because uh, here the argument would be, well, you just need to get rid of the Second Amendment. Now, if someone would, people who just step forward and say that, I would have certain amount of respect because at least they're being honest about what they want. Of course, that's not going to fly uh, when you consider the amount of guns in the United States that people own. And a lot of people, quite rightly, are not going to be so easy with the idea of criminalizing millions of innocent people for the actions of a nut. Well, come on, we need to keep the guns out of the hands of crazy people. Oh, yeah, well, how do you how do you prove that? I mean, in, in this case, the guns aren't his. This is dad. Now, I suppose you could charge the dad uh, uh, possibly as an accessory <laughs> or negligently as an accessory uh, for not securing his weapons. Uh, but even if he did secure them, it's quite likely the kid could figure out how to steal them from a man he lives with. Um, plus, there's the bombs. <laughs> I, I imagine the bombs are just going to be ignored, but let's say he couldn't have gotten the guns one way or another. He just couldn't get to it. Well, he knew how to make bombs, uh, pipe bombs and pressure cooker bombs, and uh, he could have just set those off and killed people that way. Um, but, yeah, uh, I guess the argument would be the guns makes it its easier for him to kill with a gun, uh, because he didn't have to go to the trouble of figuring out how to make bombs and what have you, but he did anyway. And uh, but again, the gun wasn't his. Uh, none of these common sense gun control laws would have had any effect on this scenario at all. Nevertheless, they're going to be pushed, and there'll be some kind of legislation that they have sitting in a desk drawer somewhere in Washington. They'll roll it out again. And if Trump doesn't sign this, then he hates kids and wants them all to die. Uh, stuff like that. Such is the theater that is often practiced to take advantage of raw emotion. And, of course, there's raw emotion. How can there not be? I mean, people's children were murdered. But by today's rules, you're no longer allowed to simply offer condolences. Condolences are a bad thing to do nowadays. Uh, thoughts and prayers uh, is mocked. And uh, you're not supposed to do that anymore. You, you're supposed to sacrifice your rights because... Uh, you're guilty. <laughs> you're you're just guilty, and you need to be punished. So raw emotion is easily uh, manipulative. Uh, you you know you're vulnerable to manipulations when you're in that kind of shock and horror and fear and anger, and uh, you, you just want a solution immediately, 
even though, intellectually, you would know there isn't much one can do uh, in some of these situations. Uh, there are. There are things that are not allowed to be done, but uh, I'll get into that. But in the, uh, the midst of uh, manipulation of raw emotion, media plays a huge part in that, as I pointed out with CNN lying about there being 22 supposed school shootings. And they at least listed the erroneous metrics behind how they did this, where even an accidental shooting was <laughs> considered uh, a part of school shootings, as if that's the, uh, the, the equivalent of what happened here in that Texas high school. Um, so there was a list that CNN counted. Uh, this would be in, in April 12th in, uh, where was this, Missouri, I guess? Someone fired a gun in the parking lot of a track meet, and a man was wounded. So they consider that a school shooting. Uh, April 9th, uh, New York, a student shot another student with a BB gun. School shooting. School shooting is just like this Texas shooting. Same thing as this Texas shooting. Yep, yep. Just like Parkland, same thing. Yep, that's what it is. Uh, California, a teacher accidentally discharged a firearm during a public safety class. No one was killed. Accidental shooting is the same thing as some disturbed kid who was bullied at school by coaches for smelling bad and wearing trench coats in the summer, which uh, should have been an indication of the mental state of this kid. But nevertheless, anyway, uh, same thing as a teacher who accidentally discharged a firearm in a public safety class. Obviously, he needs to bone up on his safety procedures. But nevertheless, um, no one was killed. But yeah, this is the same thing as that Texas shooting. Uh, in Mobile, Alabama, a non-student was shot at an apartment on the University of South Alabama campus. <laughs> it's not... <laughs> well, it's in the vicinity, so a school shooting. Same thing! The same thing as the Texas shooting. Also in Alabama, two students were shot accidentally during dismissal time at a school. In Mississippi, a student was shot at a dorm at Jackson State University. Oh, well, okay. Uh, what is this? Washington, two non-students were shot at a dorm at Central Michigan University, and police blamed a domestic dispute. Well, so what? Same thing. <laughs> uh, in Virginia, a student at Norfolk uh, State University was apparently accidentally shot from an adjacent dorm room. Uh, well, just because it's an accident, it's still a shooting. It's on school. Same thing! A non-student was shot at a recreation center at a Mississippi Valley State University. Uh, another non-student in Georgia, uh, uh, a non-shooter shooter was shot. A non-student victim on the Savannah State University campus, which, it, does this have anything to do with the school? I don't know, but it was there. It's in the vicinity of the school. School shooting, same thing as the Texas shooting. In Tennessee, a 14-year-old shot a 17-year-old in a targeted murder attempt in a parking lot of a school. Um, <laughs> so the kid wanted to kill this particular kid. Um, and uh, his chances of meeting up with him was better at school. But it's the same thing. The same thing. Uh, Maryland, two teenagers shot a third teenager in a robbery attempt outside of school. Well, it's still in the vicinity of the school. Uh, just because the robbery was the motive doesn't matter. It's the same thing. The same thing as the mass shooting in Texas. California, a 12-year-old girl accidentally shot two 15-year-olds. Well, 
it doesn't really specify what school it was nearby, but for some reason this was counted by CNN. So, of course, it's the same thing, the same thing as the Texas school shooting uh, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, uh, a 32-year-old non-student, I would hope so, uh, was shot outside a high school after a fight. So it's outside the high school, but within the vicinity of the school, therefore a school shooting. It's the same thing, the same thing as the Texas shooting. Oh, clearly, clearly. Uh, and finally, in North Carolina, a college football player was shot to death on campus at a party. Well... Clearly the same thing as the Texas shooting. Yeah, that that's the school. That's what you think of when they tell you there was 22 shootings this year. 22 school shootings. And uh, how could anyone question CNN? How could you not? You know, the pro MS-13 and Hamas uh, news organization. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, reporting at its best. So, uh, but boy, you know, uh, again, with the raw emotion and manipulating and stuff, well, come on, you've got to do something. Well, what could we do? Well, of course, Trump said, well, we need to have, you know, armed security on campus. And, you know, everybody was like, oh my God, more guns? Oh no, that would be terrible. It would never, ever, ever work. It could never, ever Ever, uh oh, a high school research source officer shoots teen gunman in Illinois. Mm, yeah, this was on Tuesday, this week. Uh, didn't get a whole lot of coverage. Again, this story is not a helpful narrative. Uh, on Tuesday, a school resource officer at Dixon High School in Dixon, Illinois, shot an armed 19-year-old former student after he opened fire on the officer in the high school gym where seniors were gathered for graduation practice. Yeah. So, it does work. And this isn't the only one. There were several. I mean, shortly, not long after the Parkland shooting, there was a high school in Maryland where the security guard there uh, or police officer, whichever, uh, on the campus guarding it, uh, engaged a shooter, a would-be shooter, and shot him. Uh, and that's that. There's no massacre. So, yeah, yeah, that that does work. It does. Now, it'd be interesting to hear what the situation was in Texas. Did they have armed security there? You would still have the scenarios where what if the guards is not within the vicinity where the shootings happen? A lot of these high school campuses can be as large as a university campus, so that's true. Uh, there is no magic wand. There isn't. Now, the anti-Second Amendment people will tell you there is, but there isn't. <laughs> Guns will not cease to exist. Now, look, if you had the 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 glove of infinity, like in the Avengers movie, where you can snap your fingers and all the guns cease to exist. Well, boy, that would put an end to gun violence. But it wouldn't put an end to violence. Keep in mind, the kid apparently could make bombs. You know, when you want to do something that bad and you're that obsessed about it, you're going to find a way. But, hey, it wouldn't be a gun. So I guess... If he had blown them up with the makeshift bombs, well, it wouldn't have been an assault weapon. 
This is the strange logic we live under, which is, of course, no logic at all. Uh, but this is going. These arguments are still going to happen if you and if you fall for them. <laughs> well, there's just nothing I can do. But you know, I mean, like a, a raw emotion is susceptible to the theater of politics. I mean, you, it's cruel, sure it is, but it happens. Every day, every day, and even in the face of such horror, we, and uh, the hatred and vitriol has, again, spoiled down to where you can't even offer condolences because that's some sort of offense or even crime in the minds of some. And, uh, and helpful narratives, helpful narratives is the point here, because not all shootings make the news, as the one I pointed out. That was not big news, where the resource officer... Uh, stopped a gunman at the school. Uh, meanwhile, another shooting happened at uh, a Trump golf course. Yeah, that's right. It didn't get a lot of uh, uh, attention. Well, because the shooter uh, went on an anti-Trump rant. Uh, he didn't shoot anybody. He did. He fired the gun into the ceiling. He was luring the cops there. What they felt he wanted to do a, uh, a an ambush with the police. But fortunately. The cops were better shooters than he was, and they shot him in the legs and uh, took him down that way and took him into custody. So, uh, yeah, well, but this this shooter is not one they want to uh, put too much attention on because, again, uh, an anti-Trumper. Uh, it turns out even they uh, possess weapons. Uh, just remember the guy who shot Steve Scalise, big Bernie fan. And uh, following the logic, of course, well, I guess we got to blame the Democrats and uh, any other leftist organizations for these people and Bernie Sanders for the Steve Scalise shooter and all that. If you follow their logic of who's responsible for this sort of thing. But no, <laughs> no, somehow that the script, that part of the script gets thrown out and uh, these realities, which, again, are not helpful narratives. So. We don't want to hear that. Now, I say helpful narratives because that's the phrase that was used by an editor at a local newspaper in Florida during the George Zimmerman uh, trial over the death of uh, Trayvon Martin, where a gang of, uh, of black people attacked two reporters who were white, and they were stopped at a traffic light, and they were reporters uh, working on that story, and they beat the crap out of them and screamed, this is justice for Trayvon. Well, the editor decided, let's not run that story. This is the story of his own reporters being brutalized because they're white, and uh, these black people were angry over the Trayvon Martin killing and all that sort of thing. Uh, you, you just That's the story. That's what happened. No, the editor felt that's not a helpful narrative. Okay, so uh, because, you see, in this case, well, the victims would have been white. And we can't have that. That's not a helpful narrative. And plus, well, where's the political capital in that? Well, none at all. Nope, none. So that's where I get the helpful narratives. And you will see helpful narratives play out pretty much every day. But it's certainly in stories like this with, you know, this horrible massacre. And uh, political people need to figure out hey, how can I exploit this for my political capital? Well, it's pretty easy. You can go for gun control and whatnot. And uh, well, the NRA killed some more kids, stuff like that. And that's what you do, especially when people aren't thinking clearly when they're horrified and scared 
and uh, nothing's going to scare you more than your children at risk. And well, uh, this is what you have here. And so it makes you vulnerable to the manipulation. And that's why you don't want to just give the narratives of reality. You just want to pick and choose the ones uh, that are helpful. And uh, if they're not helpful, sometimes you might want to bend them a little, you know, such as the president called immigrants animals. He didn't, but let's just make it look as if he did. That sort of thing. So uh, be on the lookout for incidents of that sort of behavior from your proud, industrious uh, news media. Yeah. Well, what a well, what a terrible week uh, for truth and journalism. But um, that's not a helpful narrative either, so you won't be hearing a lot about it uh, much at all. Meanwhile, the FBI, it turns out, released a report in April that pretty much underlined the necessity of the Second Amendment. It pointed out that nearly half of the incidents in which uh, active shooters were confronted by citizens, the incident ended with an armed citizen successfully stopping the shooter. Uh, so there you go. Uh, yeah. Just armed citizens <laughs> defending themselves uh, because they don't want to die. Seems uh, pretty logical and simple, but again, eh, this isn't a helpful narrative. No, no. See, this doesn't address uh, any agenda uh, for gun control. Uh, quite the opposite. So, boy, uh, we don't want to talk about that at all. Just because it's true uh, is not relevant. Uh, how helpful is it to political capital? Uh, not very, not very at all. Of course, <laughs> unless your political capital is in defending a constitutional right you already have rather than uh, a political ambition to get rid of it. So, okay, it's a helpful narrative there, <laughs> but it also happens to be true. Well, what are you going to do, dear old oh dear? Well, your best bet is the good man with the gun to stop the bad man with the gun. Yeah, it's a sad uh, commentary uh, that humanity hasn't progressed to the point where we don't have these dog-eat-dog fights, but, um, yeah, we do. Anyone telling you otherwise is full of crap. Uh, so, uh, uh, what do we have here? We have a guy who used a shotgun, the uh, Joe Biden's uh, weapon of choice for self-defense, and uh, so uh, we're going to ban those now. Um, because it's not on the list of assault weapons, even though, of course, clearly, if you're shot by one, you're probably dead, uh, and you're certainly wounded, and you're certainly assaulted, but apparently under the definitions of, uh, bans and whatnot, I guess not. I, I don't know. The guns were not his again. They were his father's. Uh, so, uh, background checks wouldn't, not gonna do much in the face of theft and, uh, mental illness and whatnot. Wouldn't apply here either since he stole the weapons. But let's say he bought the weapons himself and clearly has severe mental problems. Uh, but what's the record? Yeah. Uh, and lastly, of course, when you go back to Parkland where there were so many warning signs and actual crimes committed by the shooter and nobody did anything. Well, uh, how does empowering the state help you at all when the state failed in so many ways from local to federal in that case? So, <laughs> it's just, yet I gave you an example where an armed resource officer stopped a massacre from happening. That's it. That's it. I know it's not 
it's not a fun scenario. It's not great. It's it's very, very frightening. But it's reflective of reality. Uh, fantasies and magic wands that are going to make things go away. Uh, it's not going to work. And I mean, <laughs> the lack of logic in this is it, it's so absurd. It, I mean, it's like I believe it was Owen Benjamin who said you're because people the left was calling Trump literally Hitler. So if Trump's Hitler and you want massive gun control or confiscation and get rid of the Second Amendment, then you're asking people to give their guns to Hitler or in this case, Trump. Um, of course, there's no thinking there. Raw emotion is very easily manipulated. And when it happens like that, uh, you're not going to be logical. You're not going to be rooted in reality. You're not going to want to hear about facts and details of that nature. You're angry, you're scared, and you want something now. Whether it actually resolves what you, the pain you're in and is irrelevant at that moment, you want something now. Um, it's understandable, but it can't be allowed to win. So whatever the news cycle is, remember, you are always being manipulated. It's up to you to think, think it through, think the scenarios they offer and which ones you find believable that corresponds to what you know is real. Everybody's doing it. Even Trump is manipulating you. Everybody, whether CNN or Fox News, they are manipulating you for something. Doesn't mean they're always lying. More times than not, they're using the truth with a little bit of lying, <laughs> you know, to go in here, but not always so blatant as saying he called immigrants my animals. And, you know, and no, he didn't. But, you know, that's, that's a pretty, I mean, it really an egregious example here. Although you can go back again to the Trayvon Martin uh, case where NBC, uh, NBC, uh, doctored a 911 call. To make it seem as if uh, Zimmerman was racist and that he was, uh, you know, he looks black when he was actually at, he was, even if you listen to the full tape, it, he was, was, he wasn't clear on whether or not he was black or not, but the, the operator that went up was asking him, is he black or Hispanic or what have you? And so he said, well, I, it looks black, you know, but they manipulated it to where he just offers this information. <laughs> out of the blue as if that was the motive for this killing uh, uh, in that case. Uh, but, you know, these are, I would hope are the more extreme uh, efforts of news media, but it happens. And the, the, uh, the lack of context is always a way of manipulating you and what's being said and all that. I mean, but especially when it's something uh, it seems to be over the top, you ought to give it a second look and say, well, I want to see the whole tape or interview or what have you. I mean, when it's something like what NBC, NBC News did with that 911 call, and if, imagine if that was the only version you heard, well, you're like, wow, geez, this guy's running around looking for black people to kill. Uh, that's you, you, It would be reasonable for you to conclude that. Uh, but of course, you know, the, the whole tape's release and eventually <laughs> why they bothered to do that in this day and age of so many other outlets of information that you can get to where you can get raw footage of, 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 of some of these stories so you can make your judgment because you can't trust these outlets because they're not interested in truth. They're interested in, in their advocacy, which they believe is their higher truth uh, agendas and whatnot. It's for the greater good. 
Um, so you can justify anything when you rationalize it like that. So, yes, you're being manipulated all the time, but it's up to you. It's up to you to figure that out and to think. And is this a believable scenario or not? And always a, and a grain of salt is always handy <laughs> for just about everything. Usually it's something that's just exaggerated, like something that's great is not really that great. It's just kind of good, that sort of thing. But, uh, but yeah, even in the face of something as horrible as this murder, uh, yeah, you're not going to say, gee, I shouldn't be using this for my own gain. That's really nasty. And I, no, no, they're going to. And again, you can just chalk it up to, well, it's, it's for the greater good. It's for the greater good. And that's all you got to do. Um, but yeah, but in the end, it's up to you. To figure it out. It's the only way. Otherwise, we can't live in a free society. We can't have liberty and all that uh, because uh, human beings can't be trusted to uh, rule themselves. They're going to need masters and philosopher kings and uh, the intellectual classes who are intellectuals because they say they are and stuff like that. Uh, and they'll guide you and tell you what to do, when to do it, how to do it, and when and where, so on and so forth. Boy, it sounds great, doesn't it? No. No. <laughs> so that's that. We, you, you're, you're in a lot of ways, you're on your own, and uh, maybe that frightens you, but uh, it it happens to be true. All right, thoughts and prayers to those who lost loved ones. Uh, it's terrible. Wish it hadn't happened, but uh, wishing doesn't really do anything. So. Take a little break, and we'll be back with a few final thoughts on some lighter uh, news. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. like the sound of my voice yes you know you do and you want to hear it in the best way possible so why not get yourself some headphones and accessories from tweaked audio key features include eight colors and styles mic'd and non-mic'd versions designed to sound great for music and talk noise reducing design with a lifetime warranty so head over to tweakedaudio.com and use discount code mr nelson at checkout for 33 percent off and free worldwide shipping that's mr nelson M-R-N-A-I-L-S-I-N. It's not case-sensitive, but it is all one word. That's tweakedaudio.com. This is CNN. <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> Why, this is Flash Gordon, Space Soldiers Conquer the Universe, Chapter 1, as ripped by yours truly. <laughs> Slow down a bit, Ace. What? Oh, just think of it as Mr. Nelson. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Flash Gordon. Yes, you've probably seen some of these before, as several of this serial have been at the beginning of many of the other movies that I've riffed at my self-eyes store. Uh, yes, no, but of course, full yet. films are $1.75. But if all you want to do is see Flash Gordon, well, you can do that too. And only for 90 cents. Oh man, that sounds like a sweet deal! Yes, yes it is. 
Right now, you can head over to selfie.com slash Nelson. That's S-E-L-L-F-Y dot com slash N-A-I-L-S-I-N. It's just that simple. And there you'll find Chapter 1 of Flash Gordon. Space Soldiers Conquer the Universe, Chapter 1. Yes, in Chapter 1, Flash tries to stop main spaceship from pissing all over the Earth. Wait, what? <laughs> well, not exactly. But of course, that's a typical nails-it interpretation of all these crappy old films. Yes, so without further ado, I must give you warning! Due to an extreme lack of talent, bathroom humor is deployed throughout the film. <laughs> you mean like fart noises and toilet flushes? <laughs> Yes, along with inappropriate laugh tracks, cartoon sound effects, and public domain music from such sources as Kevin MacLeod. It's all there for you for only 90 cents. Oh man, we're gonna get it again? <laughs> well, you head over to the Nelson Theater Store at selfie.com. Selfie.com slash Nelson. That's S-E-L-L-F-Y dot com slash N-A-I-L-S-I-N. Yes, it's just that simple. Nelson Theater is a proud sponsor of the Mr. Nelson Show. Because if Mr. Nelson doesn't sponsor the Mr. Nelson Show, who will? You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Okay, and finally, uh, some news in the entertainment world of Star Wars. Yeah, uh, the latest uh, Star Wars film is one of these, uh, what they call the standalones or spinoffs. I don't know. They, they, Rogue One was the first one, and I thought it was pretty good. Uh, There's some problems, but, you know... <laughs> <laughs> Every movie has something screwy with them. Um, but as it stands, it turns out it's probably the best Star Wars film that the Disney regime has done, uh, with uh, Force Awakens being a very distant second, and then Last Jedi just being the absolute worst Star Wars film ever made. And that includes the Christmas special. <laughs> Probably even that crappy Ewok movie uh, that uh, they did for, what was it, for television in the 80s. Uh, but uh, Last Jedi just did so much damage to the overall story. Uh, it's quite appalling. But anyway, so uh, the latest here is Solo, which uh, deals with the adventures of young Han Solo, even though he's not much younger than he was when he originally appeared <laughs> in the 77 movie. So I'm, I don't know. I guess this is like a year or two before that or so. I don't know. But <clears throat> there was all kinds of problems for this movie. Uh, the original directors were fired. Uh, they didn't like the direction they were taking the movie. There's all kinds of strange stories of why the star Alden Albright or Enrique, I forget what his last name is, but Alden uh, was picked for the role. Um, he kind of has the right hair for the role, but that's about it. Uh, his voice is all wrong. And uh, I don't know. There was stories about how they had to hire an acting coach to come in and coach him on how to play the part. It sounded really bad. Ron Howard had to be brought in to save the thing and probably reshoot most of it. Uh, one of the uh, actors, uh, playing the villain couldn't return for the reshoot. So they had to recast it entirely. 
with a new guy, all this stuff. So that the same thing happened for Rogue One, actually. I didn't really know this in total, but they had to have another guy come in because the movie was in bad shape and he practically had to reshoot most of it. And so you got, wow, there's, there's like a whole other movie we'll never see. <laughs> and it looks like it's happened again here. A lot of this is compounding signs that there's problems with their production of these movies. And I don't know if it's just they rush it in or they, they hire people for the wrong reasons. I mean, a lot of this seems to fall on the fact that they hire a lot of directors that they don't really look into who may not be uh, equipped or ready for uh, these blockbuster movies. I mean, in, in some cases, they hired people because they were the new flavor of the month, like in the case of Josh, Josh Trank, who from a lot of accounts seems to have uh, severe emotional problems. <laughs> And uh, they dropped him. It was probably wise on their part. Uh, Lord and Miller was a directorial uh, duo who gained some amount of claim from a Lego movie. I've never watched any of those. I don't care about them. But there's a following for that. And apparently they did one that people thought was really great and funny. And so they hired them. Well, there's humor in Star Wars, but it's not. They aren't comedies, per, per se. And so they hire a comedy duo to do a movie. Uh, you would hire them to do Spaceballs, but not necessarily Star Wars. And so you should have thought of that ahead of time. So a lot of this is costly, uh, even though it's giant, super rich Disney. But even they've got to look, look, we're not just going to burn money here. We're trying to make money. And so uh, I would suggest they need to look at their leadership and might want to make some changes there. Uh, not might yet. They need to because the decisions being made here are pretty bad. And it's looking like more, more or less that Rogue One was more luck than anything else. Uh, because, uh, whew, whew. anyway, one of the problems, which is a constant problem that, uh, 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 in, infects entertainment is, uh, politics. Of course, there's always some sort of message that has to be there. And, uh, to, to, to be, to be honest, there always was one way or another. There's some sort of lesson or what have you in storytelling. But here it's so on the nose and so much uh, dominant in these stories that they forget to think about basic plots and the idea that hey, it's supposed to be an adventure story. And uh, they're not concerned with making a good movie. They're more concerned with their messages. Well, well lately, one of the, the hot new messages is one's gender and sexuality and your identity thereof. So here we have in Solo uh, one of the other characters to be recast. That was a popular character, Lando Calrissian, played by Billy D. Williams in the original trilogy, will now be played by Donald Glover. So Donald Glover, and for a while I remember seeing the before the when the movie was shooting, and he he grew the uh, goatee and um, you know beard and uh, mustache, whatever. Oh, he was looking a lot like uh, Lando, you know, looked cool and everything. And he, he seems to have the look and everything down pat. And a lot of people are believing he's the superior actor to uh, Alden, and that's probably true. So they figure his performance will be pretty good. That's all fine and well, but uh, for the message, uh, it's decided that. Uh, Lando Calrissian is sexually fluid pansexual. <laughs> now, pansexual, I would have thought, well, what's the difference between that and bisexual? Apparently, pansexual means you will screw anything. Uh, so I guess it means inanimate objects. Well, in the case of Star Wars, 
there's a robot that uh, apparently Lando is very affectionate with. <laughs> the robot looks like a giant walking uh, shaving razor. So uh, maybe she, the she, the robot is voiced by a woman. So maybe that has something to do with it. Um, but uh, maybe she does keep his beard groomed as among other things. <clears throat> and so there you go. In a recent interview with uh, the Huffington Post, uh, screenwriter Jonathan Kasdan, who's the son of the famed screenwriter Lawrence Kasdan, who was, you know, wrote a lot of the Star Wars stories of the original trilogies and whatnot and heavily involved in all that. Uh, he confirmed that Calrissian's sexuality is pansexual. Uh, he said, I would say yes. Uh, filling, uh, there's a fluidity to Donald and Billy D's portrayal of Lando's sexuality. No, no, there isn't. There's no fluidity to Billy D's uh, uh, sexuality. Uh, he's a ladies' man. He hits on Princess Leia, the only woman he comes in contact with in the series. So there's some, and you can see Han Solo getting a little jealous and saying, "All right, all right, that's enough of that." That sort of thing, and that's it as far as sexuality goes for the character. That's it. After that, the next movie. He's flying around the Millennium Falcon and getting ready to blow up the second Death Star. And that's it for Lando. <laughs> you know, he's got this little, I don't know, pink frog guy sitting next to him. Were they lovers? I didn't really see any uh, romance between them. So I, you know, <laughs> and so this is, this is stupid. Oh boy. So he continues. I mean, I would have loved to have gotten a more explicitly LGBT character into this movie. Well, then you should have wrote one. You should have just wrote a character like that instead of after the fact, uh, you know, hinting that uh, maybe Lando, there was even some people wanting to, they should write it in that Lando and Han Solo had some gay love affair in their youth. And then they never speak about it again. <laughs> it's like a broke mountain scenario. You know, <laughs> and hand solid. I wish I knew how to quit you. <laughs> but I get, yeah, that's what they wanted, you know, but no, no. Turns out Lando is banging his robot or something of that nature. But uh, he says, I think it's time certainly for that, for having LGBTQ characters in Star Wars. And I got to admit, I'm a little surprised that it hasn't happened yet. I mean, there were some people pushing for Luke to come out as gay on the movie. And instead, they just killed him. But, but yeah, well, uh, anyway, uh, and I love the fluidity, sort of the spectrum of sexuality that Donald appeals to and that droids are a part of. I, does Donald, is Donald Glover bisexual? I, I don't know. I don't know anything about that, but, I mean, in what has he played characters that are gay and stuff? I mean, he's an actor. He's going to play different characters. That's the whole point of being an actor. That doesn't really mean this is just a bunch of crap thrown around to appeal to their fellow bubble friends as if it's some, some significant thing. But it's also a bit lazy. Like I said, if it was so important for you to have that character in there, uh, even though the character should be a character and not just based on the sexuality for your message. How would this fit with the plot? Does it move it forward? Is it a part of the story? Uh, you know, but, oh, it's supposed to be a movie about they're going to steal something. It's a heist movie, you know, in the plot of Solo. 
I don't know. Do they need a gay guy to seduce another gay guy so they can steal something from them? <laughs> you know, I suppose could have wrote that in there. But instead, let's just trash the entire backstory of these characters and reinvent them with no explanation whatsoever. Uh, because uh, that's important. Because if we don't, uh, the Nazis will come back and kill everybody or some shit. I don't know. But that's the thinking that goes on here. So, so yeah, he's a, the spirit, uh, spectrum of sexual fluid, the spectrum of sexuality that uh, Donald appeals to and that droids are a part of. <laughs> uh, now, there was always a joke about, hey, you know, there were always uh, gay characters in Star Wars. Just look at C-3PO and R2-D2. <laughs> so, uh, according to John Kasdan, I guess you would have to conclude that, yeah, they're a gay couple. I don't really want to know how they go about engaging in that, but nevertheless, there it is. Uh, let's see. He says, he doesn't make any hard and fast rules. <laughs> hard and fast rules. Uh, I think it's fun, Kazan said. I don't know where it will go. Hmm. Uh, Jonathan indicated that the movie will drop hints about sexuality. Really? Really? Yeah, I, I guess so, since you pretty much said that the guy's banging his droid uh, in the Star Wars universe and how it differs from our world. Oh, it differs from our world. So then what's the point of the message? <laughs> Dumbass. Uh, there's a line that John Favreau's character, Rio, has where he's asking Han about the girl that he left behind. And he says, does she have big teeth? <clears throat> uh, Jonathan Kasdan explains, it's a joke in the movie, but we did want to hit on this idea that people's ideas of what they're attracted to all over the galaxy are very, very different and not exactly as set as ours are. So this guy has a fetish for teeth. <laughs> uh, boy, I tell you, there's tons of fetishes out there and most of which I wish I didn't know. But uh, uh, this is rather uh, boring uh, compared to those. And you don't really need aliens to find that. Uh, so but and, and yet still uh, he's asking Han about a girl. Uh, this is uh this is just heterosexuality, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that really uh, does much for your, your case that you thought was so important rather than basic plot and story. Um, that basically means, uh, what's the, the writer? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, Hondo and, I mean, Hondo. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> See, I'm already shipping them. They're a couple. <laughs> but it says Han Solo and Lando uh, get cozy with beings outside their species, which is something Captain Kirk did uh, decades ago. Uh, yes, Captain Kirk would screw just about any woman, uh, but it didn't matter what species he was, even if she was green. Uh, he was up for that. So there you go. Progressive Easter eggs in uh, Star Wars. Uh, boy, yeah. Uh, prior to the release of Rogue One, uh, the, and President Trump had been recently elected. The screenwriters of Rogue One said, The Empire is a white supremacist human organization opposed by a multicultural group led by brave women. <laughs> so that was supposed to be your message. Even though when you uh, uh, there's, look at the uh, Empire, 
didn't necessarily just have white people, especially now in the new movies with the First Order. It's quite a mixed group. So, huh. Yeah. Um, well. So, uh, they thought that would be a good uh, boost for the movie because everybody hates Trump, right? Yeah. Yeah. Remember when it was just Star Wars, you know, good and evil? And you didn't have to go and pay money to sit through a two-hour campaign ad. Yep. Those were the good old days. Well, hopefully it's few and far between because I didn't really get much of a, a, a message about Trump in the Rogue One. So perhaps he's saying there's winks and nods and he's saying this because that'll make him the cool kid around his friends within the bubble he lives. And that's pretty much what it is. And Solo can just be some outer space adventure story like it's supposed to be. And for uh, for the movie's success, it better be. Because uh, otherwise, yeah. But there's a lot of uh, lowered expectations for this one. And more times than not, lowered expectations can help a movie that is just adequate. Just adequate. And yet people will go in expecting pure crap. And they think, well, not bad. It's a good movie. And that's how you become a good movie in a lot of scenarios. <laughs> uh, but uh, Han Solo, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, this guy, I'm not so certain about him, uh, the star playing him. Especially when there was another guy, uh, what was his name? Oh, man, was it Alan? Alan Ingruber? No, 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 Anthony, Anthony Ingruber. Uh, look that guy up. He does this impression. He looks like Harrison Ford, and he does an impression of him that's spot on. And you got to wonder, why was this guy passed over <laughs> for the part? And there's rumors that uh, Steven Spielberg's daughter was a friend of Alden, and that's how he got the part. And uh, seems pretty likely. So... Well, best of luck to Star Wars, because, boy, you're going to need it, even more than the Force. All right, uh, that's it for this episode of the Mr. Nelson Show. Uh, we'll see you next Wednesday for another one. Good night, everyone. The views and opinions expressed during the Mr. Nelson Show do not necessarily reflect those held by RadioMisfits.com. So, any complaints and or comments should be sent to at Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they will be promptly ignored and or blocked. <laughs>